Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. That the kiss that was meant truly for me is leaving me torn. How can love be so kind and so gentle and turn and be so cold? Come on, I just want to sing. And why must my arms feel so empty for what my heart still holds? How could you go? What a good song. Oh, I love that song. I, I love that song. I remember when, and my brother would be very upset that I'm sharing this, but either way, um, we would, he was just saying random letters at the end when, <laughs> when music was spelling, Mary, how could you? <laughs> what was, was I don't know. Just any kind of like. Because I was just looking like, what is this that's happening? And he was like, well, he's just saying letters. I was like, no, he's spelling. Why is Brian good for ruining a song? He's like, M-A-R-Y. And when I when I actually spelled it, his mind was blown. Like, who spells a sentence? I'm like. Brian has ruined mm. pretty wings for me. And Ryan has send Brian it on. has ruined send it up, send it through. 72. <laughs> that was the wrong key, but either way, wrong key girl. Um, but yes, I mean that was Q R S T I P W. I was like, what? What the hell are you it's spelling? Okay, He's like, Rishikata. he was like, those are just <laughs> alphabets. They're just letters, right? I'm like, no. They're actual words. But yes. Ooh, I live for a good Brian remix. Praise the Lord, I niggas. tell Praise you. The Praise Lord. the Lord, niggas. We are just so excited to be here again to discuss the worst hood we've ever endeavored to live in. Adulthood, honey. The mm-hmm. ghetto. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, we will talk about it today. Aren't we? We will have some good tips. We will. Yes, but the tests, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, the taxes, and the stimulus checks, honey, of being <laughs> a real life adult in the year of our Lord, 2020. We were so lucky to get one. Listen, because I've not gotten mine. And I don't know I, that I expect one, but I mean, we'll I just wait and see. kind of not expecting <laughs> I one. I don't know. I mean, sure. I filed my taxes, all things, con- but I mean, the the when I check the website, it's just like, girl, we don't have, we don't have anything for you. And I'm just like, There's but. literally no info. Literally they don't not. have any information to determine my eligibility. And I'm just like, well, why not? <laughs> but okay. Well, I guess if that I guess if that twelve hundred just hits my account one day, I'm gonna be quite I mean, happy to get it. My hands will be upraised, okay? <laughs> upraised. <laughs> upraised hands. Like the Were emoji. your hands upraised last night? Did you watch the uh gospel versus? It wasn't a versus. It was a what was versus. It? I mean, Timberland had done it, did his little post, but it wasn't in the versus battle. But I did watch okay. it was a celebration um mm-hmm. of of two legends of gospel music 
uh, Bishop Hezekiah Walker and Pastor John P. Key. If you are a choir baby like myself, then you know that this was probably like this was our version of Teddy Riley and Baby Faith. We were <laughs> we were raised oh, heard, up yes. singing these songs. It was it was uh, a monumental moment for us uh, choir kids. Um, and I was tuned in, you know what I'm saying? I don't know that gospel music lends itself uh, to this battle <laughs> sort of concept. Um, <laughs> and I think that, you know, preferences as it relates to like who your faves are in the gospel industry, you know, depend on a lot of different variables. So it's kind of hard to kind of. And I think there's also some some uh, we had some some loose and colorful language uh, that's used when characterizing what is a hit <laughs> uh, so you know what i'm saying okay. like what was what Fair. what uh, a hit for somebody like me growing up in new york singing in the choir would be totally different than what would be considered a hit for somebody singing in the choir in houston so i also yeah and i like my version of a gospel hit is like the bounce version of yeah. taking to the king <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So and I mean I think just fair just to be fair across the board and across genre I think hits are relative right like what what is a hit what is a huge song especially if we're not if we're not qualifying these things according to like numbers and stats right so it's not like number one records can be mm-hmm. used to kind of determine what is a hit in the in the gospel space you know it, a hit you know might have just been a hit at your church. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like this is what took mm-hmm. the Saints to the next place in your town when when we don't know anything about that song. So all the, all the, those things being considered, I think that they would make it challenges challenging for us to think about what's a hit and what's not. Um, but I feel like as a choir baby, both John P. Key and Hezekiah Walker raised me. So so That's so fair. it's kind of like picking between parents. <laughs> like both of them. That's actually two people I know. There you I know go. Who they are. See? Yes, I feel so proud. I, I, I too <laughs> am very proud of you. I, I'm like Hezekiah Walker. I know who that is, and I know a John P. Key. Absolutely, yes. you are out here with the church babies. But yes, um, okay. I did watch. It was a good time. I okay. I left church. I mean, just like I said this on Twitter last night, just like I did in 1997, I left church early to go home and watch to go watch. Um, I had to be in place to watch uh the Last Dance episodes. I need oh, yes. you know no, I had fair. to watch Michael Jordan uh, take the playoffs, honey. I mean that's. I got to catch up. Yeah, man. They're really good. Last night's focused on Phil Jackson and Dennis Rodman. And it was, I mean, the, I mean, it was really good. Like it was, I'm just, I'm just so glad that they're doing this. And it makes me want to oh. learn mo- much more about, um, you know, each one of these people. Because like, I think. What a time to be alive. We got insight like, into like Dennis Rodman, the Dennis Rodman of the 90s. Because um, all we knew was what was in tabloids. Right. Or what was on TV, right. you know, things were not as progressive. Right. So he just looked like this fucking weirdo right. in the 90s. But to hear from and him and to hear from the people that were closest to him at that time really added some like some very necessary context to what it was like to be in Dennis Rodman's body during that time. And mm. how people objectified and commodified him as a person. Oh, yes. And his, I you know, his beginnings coming from, you know, like learning, like coming from extreme poverty and kind of being dropped into this, this space because of his talent and then dealing with people using him and all of that. So yeah. it's just to me, like, you know, I grew up in a house where, you know, Dennis Rodman would come on the TV and my grandmother would be like, cover your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and my, I grew up in a house where my father was a huge basketball This is what I'm fan. saying. 
And my father would be like, well, I don't care if the nigga paints exactly. his nails. He can play exactly. ball. <laughs> so, you know, living with that, my grandmother would say, cover your uh cover your eyes but all the men in that house would be like this defense though i mean we cannot okay. not talk about that uh, <laughs> right i mean the nigga is out here playing football do you see him like, so, so so all these things being considered i just am having such a good time uh kind of reliving this era and it feels good in my like 30 something year old body to be I like know. i remember this I I feel like there's a huge nostalgic like thing happening right now. For some reason, I ended up going on a whole rant with Noah last night about how we didn't have iPads, yeah, or iPhones to play with. You know, if we would have been in something like this when we were kids, mm -hmm. and how you had to use the phone in the kitchen or in the living <laughs> yes. room where it and you had to it sit was connected still. to. Yeah, <laughs> like I was like, Yaya would call me. And she would say, Jade, somebody's on the phone. And I would have to go to where yes. the phone was. Yes. She's like, you couldn't take it in your room? No. I said, not not until cordless phones were <laughs> invented thing. when I was 16. There was a six, there was a six <laughs> foot cord and you were literally bound by, by that cord. That's it. But I think she was like, what kind of life exactly. is that? Exactly. That's what she asked but me. But I think it's awesome. It's dope. Like, it's weird it that is. that happens. But I think it's complete, It's awesome that we actually, things have been slowed down and we can sit and have mm -hmm. conversations that we probably wouldn't have had under, quote unquote, normal normal circumstances. Um, no, you're right. So you're it's right. really been, I mean, thinking about it that way and literally having that time to watch um the last dance and then spend, you know, 40 minutes on the phone with my mom mm -hmm. or, you know, my uncle or someone else in my mm -hmm. family who was older and talk about like what it was like being, you know, in Michael Jordan's age group and watching mm -hmm. him and now looking back on him, uh, looking back with him um, on, on the time. So it's just been really cool to kind of sit and this is the, the perfect time for us to, to kind of contend with a 10 part docuseries. <laughs> so, um, Ooh, 10 parts 10 parts <laughs> and I mean at first when I first heard that I was just like what on earth that is outrageous but now that I'm actually seeing the episode I'm honestly wondering like is it going to be enough <laughs> because because I still wonder, is Juanita still going do we, still we have know not yet heard from Juanita not? but last night okay. because we were talking about Dennis Rodman and other I mean la the last week's episode we talked about Scottie Pippen was we got to hear from people who played with them so it's been dope mm -hmm. to kind of see Isaiah Thomas sitting up there and my Magic Johnson sitting up there with them old broad back mm -hmm. suits and you know just kind of talking about <laughs> what it was like you know because Isaiah Thomas played with Dennis Rodman on the Pistons before right. so just kind of getting that, like, you know, this well-rounded, multi-dimensional perspective into who Dennis Rodman was as a teammate um, mm -hmm. and an opponent at the same time. It was just, like, really, it's really dope. And I'm just, like... Well, I have a request, ESPN. I need a docu-series about Patrick Ewing. <laughs> because when I was a kid, I hated that nigga. <laughs> I met him in basketball camp. He was an asshole. And I want to know if there's more to that story. Oh, God. <laughs> Isn't he down? Well, I don't know. I don't know. This is probably going to show my ignorance. But what is he doing now? I one Patrick Ewing. He was know. probably sober somewhere scrubbing that evil oh oil. Oh my gosh! But for a long time he was. Was he coaching? I feel like he was coaching. Yeah. Let's let's you know. And I felt like he was coaching in the like local locally here in D.C. somewhere. Let's see where Patrick the Ewing is but and what he's doing. I know all the doing. all the GGBs are like you hoes don't know anything. Of course we y'all would be fine, nigga. I just y'all do y'all know where Patrick Ewing was? <laughs> do you know where he is? Actually, yeah, have, he's currently. I, no I knew it. He's currently the head coach of the of the 
men's basketball team at Georgetown. So he's right up okay, the street. Okay, nice. And he graduated from Georgetown, if I'm not mistaken. Or he went to Georgetown. I don't know if he drafted in or, gra- I don't know, either way. But um, Patrick Aloysius you Aloysius. <laughs> That's his real name. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it is. I didn't realize that until you said it. And then I'm looking at it like, that's how you spell Aloysius. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Aloysius Ewing. <laughs> Ooh, that is really something. Ooh, that is good and deep. I mean a name, okay? A name. Go ahead, Patrick Ewing. Okay. We have gas. Well, let's get into some trash because yes. it's actually, I actually have to truncate or like cut down on what we have because surprisingly there's a lot. Yes, and I'm going to let you do that. But I, there is something that I want to, I want us to to contend with in the trash. I think that might actually actually end up being a kitchen table talk episode soon because I feel like there is something here. But I'm going to let's get into that. Okay. A clean up woman is a woman. Ooh, so many things in the trash. We don't even have to cover them all. So, did you hear about Halle Berry's daughter? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. So Halle Berry's daughter, Halle Berry uh, was on, I believe, Jimmy Fallon, but, you know, obviously digitally, uh, The Tonight Show. And she yeah. told a story about her daughter. So we all know, I think the child's name is Nyla, Nala. Mm-hmm. The child is 12 years old now, which is just okay. crazy to me. And preteen, you know, they have a pool. They're rich and they've been swimming every day. You know, quarantine must be beautiful for people with money. Right. And so she tried to tell her daughter, like, detangle your hair, wash your hair and detangle it when you get out this pool. Let me help you out. And the girl told her, don't touch me. Don't touch me. She was like, leave me alone. I am a tween and I can do my own hair. So Hallie said, okay. Well, apparently the girl came to her one day and with a ball on the back of her head. I'm sure she Kind did. of like the one you got. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. Matted. I hope it was a big. Mine is not matted. No, 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 no. Yours is not matted. (laughs) I think that's what, because the girl's hair was here and the ball was. She had a, okay. And so she said the ball was matted. She tried to finger detangle it. She tried to put her in the shower. She tried to give her a deep condition. And she said it got worse. Cut that joint. Cut it right. Had to cut it right off. Halle Berry, Halle Berry, let's get ratchet, let's get ratchet. That is my. When I tell you, I heard that story and died laughing. Well, I just feel like every every little girl has to have that moment. Absolutely, Absolutely. I think it is. It is. It is. It is something that we all have to deal with that, you know, I'm big and bad and I can do my own hair. That's it. And then you ruin everything. You I do. think that, that she's like, oh, I you think a that tween? that has happened to, to many of us. Go ahead. You were tween. I, now, I didn't have the pool issue. I didn't. I think my mother was not playing. She was like, you're going to put conditioner in your hair before you go. This is what I'm saying. Which I never that, quite that right there is another. That's <laughs> an oversight on, on Hallie's part because. Um, my mama literally sat me down and had a we had a business meeting before every time <laughs> every time we I got into a pool like if I was going to be within 30 feet of a pool it was like sit down here let's have a talk because my mother I didn't have to wear happen. swim caps but she was like we're gonna put conditioner in your hair and you're gonna wash your hair as soon as you come in and I would I, I didn't quite understand the conditioner I said ma it isn't all gonna come out and I'm be making bubbles in the pool but uh-oh. She still wasn't playing them games. And guess whose hair didn't fall out as a result listen, of the chlorine? Listen, because we just have to take ex- other 
other precautions around these things. And it's just by virtue of who we are and how we show up in the world. So listen, uh, I think, you know, as a, as a, as a mother, um, and then especially as a mother of a multiracial daughter, there are certain things, you know, like certain, certain kind, you got to, you black. And I'm not saying that from any experience because, you know, I, I'm mixed with, with black and black, but I do feel like the black woman in me knows <laughs> that, that you have got, we have got to have certain standards when it comes to chlorine in our hair, especially if you use it on a daily basis. There are things that we have to do. Absolutely. Um, and I, I don't know. And then Hallie may very well have had this conversation with the child, but she hit her with the don't touch me. I'm a tween. It's like, okay, I'm not going to punch you in your chest today, but I mm. will let that hair fall right on now so you can learn and a I good mean, lesson. I mean, when you see it in the sink, sis, I want you to sit with what this feeling <laughs> felt like, okay? In the sink. Let this, let this be a reminder, okay? When you, when you reach back there and you see, you know, you got a fade in the back, I want you to remember this moment this time and i bet you won't uh you won't uh turn down my assistance in the future i bet you if hallie would have set her down and showed her a boomerang and said this Listen. is what your hair is about to look like if you don't say so you about to have a mushroom you are says. with a shaved back <laughs> <laughs> which i had by the get way on into it. <laughs> get on into it um andre leon tally has written a book i love i love andre a memoir Tally. We know. I am going to get it. Yes, he has written a memoir, and no, it is not about soup. But because oh, you know, I live. You know, he don't play about his French he onion soup. He sure does it. A French Ooh. onion soup and a croissant. I live. <laughs> he used to order it at the City Living's Diner in White Plains, and sit there and read his Vogue Italia. <laughs> like I would like a French onion soup and a a French onion soup and a croissant and a croissant. <laughs> it is with a black coffee. And his mama with us with a with the fifteen hundred dollar sunglasses on and a and, and a captain. And a let me tell you something. Captain. He is not reading Vogue any longer because so he spoke about his longtime friend Anna Wintour in his memoir, and he talked about how she is not a good person. If I may oh. quote him quickly, because this was very interesting. And I got I this off the YBF. It says This was clearly a stone-cold business decision, Andre wrote in the book. I had suddenly become too old, too overweight, too uncool, I imagined, for Anna Wintour. After decades of loyalty and friendships, Anna should have had the decency and kindness to call me or send me an email saying, Andre, I think we have had a wonderful run with your interviews, but we are going to try something new. I would have accepted that. I understand nothing lasts forever. Simple human kindness. No, she is not capable. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read this book. Yes, honey, I'm into it. Because I have my own issues with Anna Wintour, and I don't, you know, feel like she's an inclusive, an inclusive bitty, but that's that's another conversation. <laughs> so I can't wait to read it. You know how we feel about Andre Leon Talley. We love we him stand. over at the Game Grown. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what else is going on? Oh, my gosh. So have you been seeing the draft videos? Oh, my God, yeah. Did you see I, Isaiah Wilson's mother? Now, which one is Isaiah Wilson? 
You saw this one. It's the one I'm sure with did. the white girlfriend. Girl, <laughs> now wait a minute. Because I wanted to know. Now, was, is there audio? Because every everyone I watched, there was no sound. Was but no, I, wanted I didn't to, see any sound. I wanted to hear what was being said at the time. <laughs> you saw them hands going out. Because after that. I was just imagining that this hand was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> I know you're not sitting your behind. Like I just, I just really felt like if I had to do a voiceover, I think I could do it. Cause I just be like, I know that my eyeballs are deceiving me. You're not sitting your rank behind on my child's lap at such a time as this. Like I just know. Like did you the way his mother? If you are not aware, let's give you a little backstory. The the uh, drafts were this were this weekend. And, um, you know, we have tons of young black men who were chosen and it is wonderful. We are, you know, celebrate and congratulate all of them. So proud. Congratulations, young men. But (laughs) (laughs) I um, saw we all saw this clip of Isaiah Wilson and his his white queen was sitting on his lap. And and I felt like his mama was in the back heating up the meatballs, and she came out and saw that sight and said and sprang into action. She sure did. Wait a black ass minute. That's what she said. (laughs) Snatched that girl right on up, and I lived for every minute of it. She said, "I know that somebody done lost their mind. What little mind they got left? (laughs) I know. I know somebody has lost their mind in here." (laughs) And she probably cussed out every single person who was sitting in that room and allowed it to go on without without saying a word and embarrassed the fool out of her. I listen. We were on a we were on a Zoom call with some family, and you know, one of the one of the others popped up and didn't speak. (laughs) And I said it. I was on the Zoom call. I was like, you can't be one of the only white ones in here and you don't come and speak. (laughs) (laughs) You can't you can't be doing stuff like that. So that's just a lesson. You know what I'm saying? I hate to be on my Dr. Umar, but you just may not bring your white wife. Oh, fascinating. (laughs) This has been so much. But yes, I have seen the videos. I have seen the videos. And um, I just pray that somewhere there's some audio so that we can hear Mrs. Williams. I hope (laughs) so. I just know that she had a word for um, young Trisha. You know, she, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trish, you're going to have to get up, sis. You are going to have to get up. You're not on you're my couch, to, not in my home. You're going to get up off my son today. She sis. probably was like, I, 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 I hug my son first, okay? Get your narrow I ass mean, I, off my I couch. Was, I, me and Latoya had this conversation. I was taking a what? A back. Mm-hmm. Because I said, do you know the caucasity? Like if I if I you know if I were a girlfriend and this is me in my black skin right yep. <laughs> if I were a girlfriend in mm-hmm. this moment a girlfriend of a college you know I'm college age and I and and my and my boyfriend is a, a NFL hopeful yep. a contender for the draft where would my positioning be in the room it would certainly not be on him or near him I feel like I would be in the kitchen helping heat up the meatballs. Or sitting on my behind waiting for my name to be called. I don't know that I would be I would be moving and grooving with such a level of entitlement. Like I think, how do you beat sitting how do you sit next to the honoree? Like this mm. is not about you. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I just I just felt like it was that's where I was. And I recognize that I'm almost I mean, I'm old, so I know that people probably wouldn't agree. But I just don't know that. No. Even at this very big great age, you know that I am now. I'm not a wife, so I just feel like I would, I would 
there are just certain boundaries that I wouldn't cross. No, not at all. At such a big moment. Like, this is a moment that you are on national television and someone is, is getting ready. The draft is huge. This is a huge thing for your career. And I'm a girlfriend and I'm here and I'm here to support and love you, but it's not about me mm. right now. It's about you. And while I'm going to support you and be near you and loving on you, I don't know that in the moment where you hear your name call, I need to be right there. And maybe that's just me. But I was just no. like, that is a very bold and audacious move to to position yourself in such a way. I would be and right there or at playing what? Let me speak Let me speak uh, football real quick. Cornerback. That's what I'd be doing. This is what I'm saying. Sitting right in the back. Because as a mother, I'm like, all right, listen. And I'm not saying you don't have a right to celebrate your significant other. If this you person do. is has, has deemed you special enough to be around for such a momentous moment, then ab- obviously you are there to celebrate them and you've been welcome to celebrate them. But I do not see myself being right up in the frame. You got somebody's mother who has driven them to how many practices, bought them how many many thousands of dollars of equipment. So many people. Like siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins. I'm thinking Niggas who were there. Shooting in the gym. Coaches. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Coaches and, and teammates. And I'm just saying there's so many people who come before girlfriend Mm. in this instance because we're not talking about, uh, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but we also talk about people who are like not even 21. (laughs) So we're not talking about relationships. I mean, in, in some cases, I guess they could be super serious relationships, but even if they are. I think that there is not a relationship that would trump that family kind of Mm -mm. connection. And I could be wrong. And I'm sure if I am, y'all going to let me know. But I'm just saying, (laughs) if it was me, (laughs) if I'm girlfriend, you know, if I'm 19, 20 years old and my man is in the draft, I'm going to be grateful just to be there to watch the cameras. I don't know that I would need to be sitting on him. No. No. You know what I'm saying? No, not at all. I'm not here for it. I also am a little concerned with the lack of social distancing in these draft <laughs> picks that I was seeing. I was like, there's a lot of niggas in a lot whole of different lot of homes. Whole <laughs> lots of things happening. I'm like, and I don't know what you guys. You like, I'm like, the rules are just not being adhered to. They're just They're really being not. Broken. They're being broken in many cases. But we're going to let y'all make it because, you know, hopefully none of you went anywhere afterwards and you quarantined I... for two weeks hope that you all have been um, safely uh, sheltering in place. Please. Um, Theroot.com. Okay, our friends at The Root. We love The Root. Uh, So I read an article about how the appeals court ruled Detroit students to have a right to basic education. So apparently um, for a very long time, the underserved communities... Our, our black communities, obviously, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Detroit, uh, were not getting fair treatment in the school system. Uh, the, they said there were outlining alarming conditions in their schools. Textbooks were out of date. Um, students having to teach their classes due to lack of teachers, infrastructure issues, sewage leaking in the bathrooms and hallways, so forth and so on. And they, so a, a group of advocates actually um, fought on their behalf to have the rights to basic education, like the affluent schools, and they have won. So they have a, they they've had they they've ruled the court has ruled in the favor of those of those schools, and they should hopefully be receiving uh, better educational um, 
conditions for the students to learn in when, you know, whenever we're able to go back to school, whenever everybody's able to go back to school. But hopefully that is the case and they will actually carry through with this. But I love to hear it. I'm so happy to hear it. Um, we already know all of the issues with the water system in Flint that still has not been fixed. I mean, it's been over a year at this point, well over. So now they're in a pandemic and dealing with Ooh. unsafe water. Like, what is that? They just treat black people like trash all over this country. What a time. And, you know, we're just really happy to see us have a win. And especially those young students to have a win. Agreed. Um, speaking of awful things. Uh, so the, I believe it's the university of South Carolina, um, their African American association of students puts on a barbecue, like a cookout every single year. And obviously that has been canceled this year due to COVID, but they did say we were going to have a zoom cookout. I don't know how that works, but they had, they were going to have a zoom cookout, bring your own hot dog, bring your own hot dog, bring your own solo cups, bring your own ice. And, um, a couple of racists got into the Zoom <laughs> and did blackface. What? And, oh yeah, there was some blackface in there. This. There was some. Uh, there was some swastikas. People had some really oh. offensive backgrounds and hacked into the um, hacked into the thing. Well, it wasn't really a hack because they put out a flyer with the yeah. information for it, which is completely understandable. And you would hope that decent human beings would adhere to respect. You know being respectable to other human beings but obviously we know that's not the country we live in that's not the world we live in so they hacked into the system but the school has spoken out and they you know the administration is very disgusted with what's gone on and they're not tolerating it and they're doing a heavy investigation trying to figure out who those students were and who these people were who bombed this um bombed this zoom cookout because it was so, it was hateful and nasty very hateful and nasty hateful and nasty Let's see what's going on. What else is going on in the rut? Oh, what a time. What a time. What a time. What a time. George M. Johnson. Uh, he wrote a book called All Boys Aren't Blue. And it's a black queer coming of age memoir manifesto. So okay. I saw a couple people posted online. Um, he talked about how he has not seen himself represented accurately in the media and growing up black and questioning things. He was uh, he was aware that he was a different kind of human being. So he has written a memoir. Um, I love it. And I, I think that, you know, especially if that is that I feel like we all need to read it because we need to I, understand I, I one another better. Ask, like, let's get it. Let's all get it. And it's a I actually love the cover. It is beautiful. All boys aren't blue. And it's a guy, a black man with a very long regal neck with a it. delicious looking Afro punk esque headpiece. And I'm all the way here for it. I'm all the way here for it. A memoir manifesto. George M. Johnson. All right. So we'll put the link. We'll put the link in the description box so that you all have direct access. And so I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. Um, And lastly, oh, you know how we have discussed multiple times on this show. Auntie Michelle's becoming. Oh, boy. I did know. I did hear about this. Well, it is coming to Netflix. Oh, yes. a documentary. A documentary is coming to Netflix next month. And so 
you know, I, I you all know my feelings about it. I think it's a wonderful <laughs> book, and I think it's a even better well, audio I mean, a book. Documentary, yes, so this should be right up. I mean, we're going in the right direction. We really are. She's like, well, you know what? For those who couldn't get through it, let me put another <laughs> method out so that you all can get the message of what I was talking about. Because she does have some some wonderful and some beautiful points, and I know we've discussed it. I think a couple years back here on Getting Grown, um, but. I thought I thought it would be really nice when she comes out with the Netflix special and I think it'll draw all the rest of those in who could not finish the written book. <laughs> oh. Y'all know I love Auntie Michelle. Y'all know I love her. And that's it for the trash today. That's what that's where we're gonna stop it. I was gonna throw a little trick daddy in there and a couple other things, but you know, I don't even feel like it. I was it. gonna ask you, um, if you've been made aware of this meme. That's kind of been well. I saw it recently, but there's this. Uh, I saw it on um, Maddie posted. Yes, Maddie mm-hmm. posted it. Mm, my boo. Um, it was um, it was a meme about white women uh, and this campaign that there's a group of white women that are out there talking about. Please don't call me Karen. Oh my gosh. Okay, you know so, how I feel about that. Right. So I I actually was so intrigued by it that I did a little bit more googling because okay. i was just like is this really really a thing like is there a, sure a is. contingent of white women who are out here upset i'm sure and i'm just like imagine imagine for a moment a white woman a white woman teaching us about about what it's like to be marginalized <laughs> um, just imagine let us sit with just just a, a white woman lecturing us on what it's like to be uh, microaggressed, mm, like wow, like like just I was just like let's all just sit with that for a moment. Let's shall we, we have a moment of silence for it? <laughs> I think we should. I mean, <laughs> I am just stunned. Really, I am too, honestly, like stunned. But I I did some googling and it was I was just really interesting because I found a whole lot of blogs and microblogs. By white women, please don't call me Karen. One that was published in December of 2019. Um, and it was really just talking about how, uh, I mean, this particular woman uh, said that, that dictionary.com uh, actually has a definition for Karen. Karen is a mocking slang term for an entitled, obnoxious, middle-aged white woman. Especially well, I as don't see featured, anything wrong with that. <laughs> Wait, especially, especially as featured in memes, Karen is generally stereotyped as having a blonde bob haircut, asking to speak, ask, asking to speak to retail and restaurant <laughs> managers to voice complaints or make demands, and being a nagging, often divorced mother from Generation X. Uh, oh, from Generation and, X. That's what it says here. Um, but then it says this. And then this lady in her blog said that there's an assumption often deserved, sadly, mm. that a Karen's action reeks of white privilege. Yeah. Um, but this particular woman uh, in her in her um, blog said that she she doesn't she felt like if you know Karen as a term is uh you know as a slang term and its utilization is used in more nuanced ways so she thinks that there are people who um who uh you know she, she feels like Karening of a meme is a symbol of something that's more insidious in our society, which I think, like you know, wow, right? So like, wow. so I don't know. It's just been a lot, and I saw recently that Lovey posted on her um, a blog mm-hmm. where she did like a 
she did what I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm going to. But she did a to me a healthy breakdown of uh you know about the about Caucasity and the difference between a Becky, a Karen, and a Susan. Oh, so I. I feel like I feel like my homework <laughs> is to read that oh, wow. and to do a little bit more digging and think about whether or not this is actually a conversation that we need to have around the kitchen table, because um, this seems to be a thing. There seems to be uh, white women who feel very strongly mm -hmm. that, you know, them being characterized in this way is just in un injustice. Imagine being called something <laughs> that you don't like. For years. Imagine it. Imagine. I mean, all the times that we've been Shaquanda and Takesha and Takesha. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all of those times and all of the time that our, you know, Latinx brothers have been, Latinx sisters have been Consuela and mm -hmm. Maria mm -hmm. and all of these things, right? So, so imagine, you know, imagine. And then, you know, just, there's just a lot here. Oh, uh, I saw um, a tidbit. For, oh, you're right. I did see a tidbit from that because they said, you know, you know, our, our Latinx women, the Consuelas and the Marias, and then how they do the Asian women with the Ling Lings and the this and the that. So we even up until recently where we saw Tori Spelling where her tone deaf ass self and her giant face put her daughter <laughs> in those fake ass nails and that headband Ooh, talking about Jesus. my name is uh, Shanene or whatever the fuck oh, she said it was. Sweet holy God. You, but you all don't want to be called Karen. But I, I just think that, you know, it is just it's very telling of the time that we find ourselves in, um, you know, so, as a society. And I think that there's a lot that we can kind of deal with mm -hmm. um, around this 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 concept of Karening as um, as as expressed mm -hmm. on the Internet by, you know, white women um, who feel, you know, that that this memeing, mm -hmm. this use of this this stereotype. And one of the comments that I thought was most telling <laughs> is that like the the lady who wrote this was like, you know, I don't think that it's fair that, you know, she was like, I don't I don't see a woman of color and just call her a name because I don't have the mental dexterity to ask her what her real name is. Mental dexterity. So you are being insulting like, oh. while first of all, Karen, the reason you're being called that is because you're fucking Karening right now, literally and as we speak. I was like, see, this is really getting a, this. I'm like, this is what we talk about. This right here is what we're talking about. You trying to throw shots. And you're this mad is what we're talking about, I, but I think I'm that this is a lot here because I mean, even in my own professional work, I've been doing a lot around uh, a lot of work on, um, you know, um, systemic racism mm -hmm. training, mm -hmm. um, and you know that as an activity or specific programming that that um, different institutional leaders and faculty members are going through on their campuses and and at first it was kind of just like training who needs training but when mm -hmm. you really kind of sit through this it's like folks really need to be trained to understand how racism has been used as a tool in our society mm -hmm. um and and you know we can't just undo it because we intend to right, right? so it's going to take some 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 very um prescribed uh you know act, you know engagement and actually some skill building and capacity building for literally unlearning all the ways that we have been taught to look at look mm -hmm. at people in these like racially stratified ways um and think about what you know p power and privilege in these ways so i don't know i don't know what it's gonna look like yet i literally just came across it mm. 
as we were prepping for the show this week and I need to do some more research, but y'all let me know if y'all want to have a talk at the kitchen table about the Karens. <laughs> I, I vote yes. I mean, cause I think there's a lot here. I think there's a lot here. Um, um, uh, a one, uh, the Baltimore sun, Lamar Jackson, I think is, um, I think he's a, a former quarterback, mm-hmm. um, from Louisville, but he, uh, he um wrote a letter to the editor. I mean, Lamar Jackson. Um, he uh oh wait, giving his offensive line. Karen Jeremy headline seems to be so. There was a a, a so there so there was a headline published in the Baltimore Sun mm-hmm. uh, Sun that newspaper, and I was trying to find it, mm-hmm. but um, but there was a a. a and I can't find it, but I will find it. But mm-hmm. there, evidently, it was like um, a white woman made a microaggressed him or made an assumption about him or something, and his response to her was "No, Karen, I'm supposed to <laughs> like" or something like "No, Karen, I'm actually, I actually belong here. Thank you so much." And if you don't um, like Karen, I got a slew of other ones that I, I got. I just think for it's you. fascinating that they've kind of drilled in on this Karen. I said because I mean, there's so many others that are used. And used <laughs> so like you know oh my goodness I like to call him Elaine Meredith I like to go you know I like to call him oh all yeah kinds so of there things. was an article yeah here it is the article was in the Baltimore Sun um um and you know because this this particular quarterback gifted his offensive lineman with Rolexes mm-hmm. and a, and a white woman wrote a letter to the editor about how he should have used his money uh, and donated it to charity rather than to give these uh exorbitant and lavish gifts and the title of the article was sorry karen but former uh <laughs> louisville quarterback lamar jackson can give his offensive line whatever he wants and it's <laughs> literally not and this is exactly the act of karening you are inserting yourself in business that has the nothing entitlement to right? do the with you the entitlement Ooh, I, the entitlement i vote an entire privilege. kitchen table next week on karen i just mean like wow what wow can we talk about the karen i can't wait and, for the barrage of emails from the karens because i will have responses the ready I don't to think go the karens i don't think the karens listen to us though the karens won't listen to us but somehow the karens have gotten a hold that they're being called karen so i feel like somebody's gonna slide some things right on over there and i just can't wait to respond and if you'd oh, like God. to come on as a guest karen so we can have this discussion in person. You're more than welcome to come sit at the kitchen table. <laughs> I would. I can't. I'd love. To so see I think it. we. Yeah. I love that lo- lovey. Um. I love that lovey broach the conversation in a broader com- in a broader discussion of mm-hmm. of white privilege mm-hmm. as she deemed it as she termed it caucasity, which is you know another. It's a homonym. And it's, I mean, Absolutely. it's a synonym as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. But um. We cannot like I think the, the the issue is that the Karens are complaining because they don't have any concept of the of this this context of, of white privilege that this conversation Mm-mm. is literally situated within. Mm-mm. But let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's just 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 let's just call some things things, man. Let's just do that. I think that should be our kitchen table next week, honestly. Well let's well let's well let's let's get it on. Let's get it going. T B Q H. Well, with that being said, ooh, that was a fun trash. Let's get to our shout out. Okay. My sister's popping right now. All right. So we have two shout outs this week. Our first one being, if you have, if you've been living under a rock, because I feel like everybody's on the internet right now, um, as 
as was indicated on Babyface in Teddy Riley's live, uh, <laughs> because we've literally never seen Instagram broken to the point where people could not get into a live. Um, Tabitha Brown. Tabitha Brown is a TikTok oh, star. <laughs> I want to have one getting grown so bad. So bad. <laughs> Maybe I we can love. Get her. I am Tabitha Brown because that's my business. That's my business. <laughs> I love her so much. Because that's my business. Like, so like, like that. Like, so like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good, though. But I think that that's something, I mean, and I'm going to, first of all, I'm, I'm so cutting you off. So You're I'm fine. Sure. Child, please. But I can't tell you how many people send me Tabitha Brown's videos. It's just like, is this your aunt? Yeah, because you all do have very similar. Yes, we say, we they, You sound like her. It sound like y'all grew up in the same church. And I'm just like, because that's my business. <laughs> that's my like, business. Like, so like that's that. That's my business. <laughs> that's my business. And you can do what you want to do because that's your business. Like, I love to see her glow up. It has happened oh so quickly. Apparently, she's been a big deal on Facebook. I mean we love her we do we really really do she seems genuine and sincere and i love when people like that win and um so i didn't know that she had been a thing on facebook because you know jv auntie but right, uh right, she has right. been and now she, her daughter put her onto tiktok and she be, she blew up as a tiktok star so we've seen like her one minute on the kiki palmer had- michael strahan joint mm-hmm. on digital um and you know she's all over our internet making vegan tomato sandwiches and <laughs> you know showing you all what to do for the cookout just like i love her good business and she has been signed to yes. uh creative artist agency the caa which oh she has been looking for representation according to her for such a long time she said she used to walk by the building and she would just put it out that she'd manifest and say hey i really want this like if this is for me please let me have it and she has gotten her just due, and I just think that it's wonderful. I live for Tabitha Brown. I'm a total fan of her entire channel. I watch and look for the different segments, Same. like because she has a say the Very Good Monday segment. And I sing the song with her. Welcome <laughs> to Very Good Mondays. Welcome to Very Good Mondays. <laughs> you send in your product. I mean, I live. I live. I live for Tabitha and Choice. And Quest and her husband Chance, it's so good, right? They're just kind of like this, this Ooh. very black vegan super superhero family. And her, her husband, husband is a first is a responder Negro of I mean, Negro levels. We love to see it, we and a first responder. I mean, they're just good, good black people, and I just feel like Tabitha Brown would just have a good time at the kitchen table with us. Absolutely, um, and that would be our business. That would right? be our business. I think. We are going to petition for Tabitha Brown to come on Getting Grown if y'all we can get ta- her. Y'all, listen, uh, tweet Tab and tell her to come and see us. Yeah, we y'all. Bombard her. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Very Good Mondays. It's so good. <laughs> I'm not even vegan and I love her damn videos. This is what I'm saying. And I and y'all know me, honey. I likes the chicken. But I be watching it like, you know what? I would actually bite into a tomato sandwich. I don't know if I would make one for myself. But if it was one here, I would taste it. I would taste it. I mean, she's basically giving us a very grown-up Harriet the Spy recipe. And I'm all the way here for it. I love her how the way she does her veggies. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on, Tabitha Brown. I am really, really proud of you. She's done the reaction video. She had the little um, the little yes. girl who she posted the other day, and the little girl made the so tomato good. sandwich. It was the cutest thing. 
Yes, you all petitioned for Tabitha Brown to come to the kitchen table with us. You we would love to Tabitha have her. Brown. And um, secondly, okay. the shout out. So this week was um, National Dissertation Day. It was. Yes, National it was. Dissertation Day was uh, this past Sunday. Yes, it and was. I would very quickly, before we make this announcement, I would like to give a shout out to my newly minted sister scholars. Uh, Dr. Jeanette Schneider oh! and uh, soon to be Dr. Candace Staples. Candace will be defending actually today when this uh, episode is released. Yes. But listen, virtual defenses, I've been in them. They're totally happening. And in that very same vein, y'all know that one of Jada and I's very favorite segments on this show is the graduation. Y'all already, y'all know. Now we know that the COVID-19 and Quarantasia have tried to get up in our business and try to 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 keep us from doing what we always do this mm-hmm. time of year. But we get ready to tell them to get somewhere and sit down. Because if you were if you are graduating mm-hmm. this uh 2019, 2020 academic year, mm-hmm. if you graduate in December, if you graduated in May, if you have graduated since the last time we did graduation announcements. Now is your time, daughter. It is. You might not be able to get to your actual commencement, but getting grown is working on some things to get you recognized anyway. Yes. But in lieu of that, we are still doing graduation announcements on getting grown. It's not something that we would ever, ever, ever not do. Nope. Despite what's going on. So go ahead and get ready to send in your emails Mm -hmm. of your aunties and cousins and baby brothers and baby sisters and your mamas and grandmamas and anybody who has graduated or completed anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) since this time last year. We want to know. We want to celebrate you. We want to read your emails on the air. Absolutely. So y'all start sending them in. Graduation announcement season will kick off the very first uh, week in May. Yep. Um, we will be reading graduation announcements. Middle school, high school, college, graduate pre-K. school, trade school, pre-K. Yes, trade school. Got, yes, if you've gotten a licensure, if you've gotten a certificate, yep. we want to celebrate you and shout you out for finishing, for completing, despite the coronavirus. Yep. Um, throughout, you know, in, in lieu of the coronavirus, it don't matter. We are still doing graduation announcements and yeah. we are really excited to, um, you know, bring that segment right around on back here to getting grown our for the 20, the for our 2020, man. That's what we're doing. Our favorite time. And Kia and I are in the talks of, um, putting together a celebration yes, for you all indeed. as well. So we'll come back next week with a little bit more information on that. Uh, but in the meantime and in between time, Next week will be the very first um, graduation announcements read for the season. So make sure you get those in. And remember, you have about a good month to get your graduation announcements in. So if you don't get them in by next week, don't freak out. There's three more weeks after that. But we would love if you'd like your announcement to be for the very first uh, the very first episode of this year where we do graduation announcements. Get them in by um, May 5th. Oh, excuse me, yes. May 4th by noon. May 4th. Noon, noon May the 4th, <laughs> 2020. Yes. If you send it in at 1231, you will be featured in, in next, the next week's week. graduation <laughs> announcement segment. <laughs> I just want to be clear that this is That's where it. we are. Um, we're just trying to put these things in place. That helps us to keep records, right? It helps us to know where we left off so that we don't, um, you know, forget anyone or leave anyone out. So Absolutely. we're excited to read your announcements. We are. We're, ex- we're looking forward 
to it. But I wanted to shout out Dr. Takia Robinson, oh, as well goodness. as our guest, Dr. Joy, who will be joining us at the kitchen table because, you know, these are two people who have defended their dissertations at a, at a point in their careers, and now they are both working in their respective fields. Ooh, but I was there, so. Kia's was the very first and the very last dissertation <laughs> I have ever attended. And it won't be the last, but it was the first and the last one that I did attend. And it was a beautiful day. And I don't want those who are um, defending now. I hope you're not you're not too down. And I, kn- I hope you know that you're accomplishing amazing and wonderful things. And just as a friend who has sat in the room at such a momentous occasion, uh, I can tell you how proud I was. And I didn't even know what the hell was going on. <laughs> so shout out to you all for doing really, really, really fucking hard work. Okay, I've watched Kia type her fucking knuckles off until 4 and 5 a.m. in the morning, and it's not an easy thing. So we want to shout you all out, and I want to shout out my sis and shout out our guests and everybody who's ever defended a dissertation and those who are coming to defend dissertations. We just want to send our good juju out to you all and shout you out. And if your deadline or if your timeline has been impacted by this and you're not able to defend when you thought or, you know, under under the circumstances that you imagine, listen, I know what it's like. I said this on Instagram. I know what it's like to kind of get hit with a bombshell of life right before you defend your dissertation. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm here to stand as a testament that hard things happen, but we can we learn how to persevere and push through them. Um, And, you know, Whatever the circumstance might be, you can survive it. You have not come this far to not finish. You will finish. I mean, you will finish at the designated time that you're supposed to finish. Absolutely. Even if that's a little bit after when you intended to finish or inspired to finish, you will finish when you're supposed to finish. And I'm telling you that things will fall into place in such a way that you will look back on this time and understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. So just continue. If you are still in the fight, you're not by yourself. Um, anyone who's done it knows where you are, and we wrap our arms around you, and we send you all of our love and support. It is it is, um, it is literally something that you are birthing, mm-hmm. right? And like, like Jay can say, as a mom, it comes to a, a point in your labor where you can't turn back. You're going to have this baby <laughs> where you want to, whether you want to or not, it's coming out. So you get to that point where you are giving birth to this, this thing that you've literally poured your life um, and your sweat and your tears and your energy into, mm-hmm. and you've literally carried this inside of you for so long and after a certain period it's got to come out it's going to come out so just trust the timing mm-hmm. um and the rhythm of labor because <laughs> i mean or like that's Tabitha what it Brown is say, it's coming out my butt i think it's coming out my butt <laughs> did you see that one <laughs> We just love her. We stand. We stand. But yes, I'm such a fan of her. I hope. I hope you took all of those words to heart. Kia said it best. She's been through the experience. She's been through the process, and I have just been an outsider, but watching the process. We both know it's not easy. Her better than me. So we just want to send you all our our love, and we want to send you all our well wishes and just a little bit of motivation. Hopefully, that will help you at a time we know that it's not easy. So we want to shout everybody out who's gone through it, who's about to go through it. And uh, we have a 
super special guest at the kitchen table who's waiting Ooh. on us. So let's get on over there. Let's do it. Technology has improved almost everything. <laughs> LOL. Yet mattresses <laughs> have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep. We deserve better. And finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to purple. The secret to purple is the purple grid, a patented technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style and won't sink or lose shape. Purple is for everybody and every body. No matter how you sleep, purple is designed with over 2,800 open air channels and naturally temperature neutral gel. You'll never sleep too hot or too cold, which is sounds like a blessing to me because I a sweat gift. like a pig in my sleep. Uh, gift. The purple mattress is soft where you want it, firm where you need it, and comfortably cool all over. Every purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. So I really uh, was impressed by the purple experience. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go on the website. They have different options um, and different levels at which you can feel and take advantage of the purple grid. The technology is very impressive. It actually, there's like, you know, you can kind of to kind of gauge what level of mattress you need. They have all kinds of information. Um, and I never knew that, you know, how you sleep, whether it be on your side or on your stomach or on your back, um, you know, all factors into the kind of mattress that you should have, mm -hmm. whether soft or firm. But Purple figures out all of that for you. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, knowing your preferences and your tendencies and selecting the mattress that you think you'll enjoy the most. The reviews are awesome. Um, and the best part is, you know, you can try it. And if you don't like it, you can either switch or return it entirely. And you get 100 days to figure out whether. Because, you know, it's kind of like a relationship. You got to sleep on it a few times before you know whether or not it's going to be a fit. So I'm super excited about my purple mattress. Um, and I and it's going to be amazing. I mean, I just can't wait to continue to tell you guys how, you know, me and my new purple boo grow to love each other. And no, so we'll let y'all know, too. Absolutely. <laughs> Experience the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com slash grown and use promo code grown for a limited time. You'll get $150 off of any purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. That's purple.com slash grown promo code grown for $150 off any mattress order over over $1,500 or more. And there are terms and conditions that apply. But listen, get your mattresses. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the kitchen table. And we are very excited um, that we have another esteemed guest to joining us during the quarantine edition of Getting Grown. We're all here in esteemed. the... Esteemed. Esteemed, honey. Like, not steamed, but esteemed. Look it up. That's it. We are joined by the one and only Dr. Joy Harden Bradford of Therapy for Black Girls. She is back again to help us <laughs> make sense. To hopefully help us process and make sense of this ghetto that we are living in called actual adult life. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Dr. Joy. Thank y'all so much for having me back. Woo, Dr. Joy was our, our guest at our very first live show in Atlanta uh, in 2018. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we had a wang dang doodle with the people down there in Atlanta. Dr. Joy kikied and carried on with us something terrible. We had a good time. Did. She joined it. And y'all know I'm the most ridiculous <laughs> thing about this show. Dr. Joy, she kept right on up. Listen, she kept right up she, with me. Didn't she judge me. Up, rolled up her <laughs> sleeves and just got knee deep in the mess, didn't she? Did. We had a time, 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 time. Um, but yes, we're back again because, you know, as Joy, I mean, as Jade said, uh, you know, we are living in perilous times, right? So, so um, we, when we have, you know, 
women, beautiful, beautiful, brilliant women in our network, people who are trained and experienced in the way of helping us to think about uh, things differently and shift our perspective and process difficult times. We, um, you know, we take advantage of these yep, gifts absolutely. Um, and, and our gifts are your gifts as we're sharing all here together. And Dr. Joy is so gracious to join us again to just talk about, um, you know, what we're all dealing with. Uh, but before we do that, Dr. Joy, how are you? Yes. <laughs> I am doing okay. I'm doing okay. okay. I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Um, we are grateful to be in the country of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got some green space. So I'm trying to wear the little kids out by playing basketball every day so that they can sleep better and then I can sleep. <laughs> I know that's right. It's, now, you have to be you're in the great country raising. of Georgia. So you know you guys have some some things going on right now things are opening <laughs> people are able Ooh. to get tattoos and such My how are Lord. you what are you planning on doing with yourself <laughs> <laughs> i am planning to continue to stay within these four walls I know and that's in, the, right. in the comfort of my driveway that's right. that's <laughs> it. what does it all mean yeah. when when the people who are literally uh responsible for keeping you safe and well uh, don't take that responsibility seriously at all, right? Isn't <laughs> like, that something? What Isn't does that, that mean? To add insult to injury is Absolutely. really what that feels like. Absolutely, yeah. Like spit in my face, why don't you? But right. um, given given where we are, there were some things that we kind of we put together, um, Jade and I, to kind of just you know think out loud with you. Um, because I mean, I don't know about Jade, but I plan fully just like I did in Atlanta to just kind of, you know, tell my business and, yeah. and, um, for, for certain, you know, and just kind of like, you know, I, I've been struggling with processing all that this means, right. Especially mm-hmm. as a single woman. Um, and I yeah. live alone. Um, I'm, I've literally been here for about eight weeks now, um, mm-hmm. in a, in this studio apartment by myself. Um, and my family is, you know, out of state and I have friends, um, you know, loved ones, you know, friends like Jade, who I'm super close with and I talk to all the time, but she lives in a different state um, mm-hmm, right. as well. And then even those friends who are closer to me in proximity, you know, we're, they're, she's, they're sheltering in place and keeping themselves and their family safe. So I've been navigating and processing what it, what it really means to be single <laughs> and self-sufficient during a time mm-hmm. like this um, and, and thinking about that. So I wanted to kind of jump right in by asking, how do I, as a single person who's tasked with taking care of all of the different responsibilities that I have for myself, um, and I mean, in Jay's case, for her family, how do I prioritize my own mental and emotional wellness during, during mm-hmm. all of these things and given all of these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that that has to be the priority, right? And I yeah. think even though, you know, lots of us are sheltering in place, there are still all these responsibilities kind of pulling on us, right? Like people mm-hmm. are still working. Um, you know, you may have family that you're trying to take care of from a distance. Like yeah. they're still competing things for our responsibilities, for our attention. And so I think you have to think about like, what is the bare minimum mm-hmm. I can really do to just continue to be functional at this mm-hmm. point? So I don't, I don't really think anybody should be striving for any gold stars right now um, because I think a lot of us don't don't realize like just how low our cups are Mm -hmm. at this point right like a lot of us were already running on fumes even before (laughs) we were all sheltering in place (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and so now with all this additional stress and the loneliness and the isolation 
those levels are way down. And so you have to really do all that you can to just make sure that you're kind of getting through each day. Um, and I, you know, I've heard from other people who are in your same situation, Kia, right? Like this being alone, I have friends that I've connected with, but even the virtual piece doesn't feel like it's quite getting it anymore, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I have seen people kind of be creative if you can um, with kind of doing drive-bys, right? Yeah. Like talking to mm -hmm. one another on a sidewalk, mm -hmm. um, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, I've also heard from people who are kind of now teaming up. Right. Yeah. So if you know and trust that another friend has it's also been thing. staying to themselves, mm -hmm. you know, can y'all join forces now and, you know, try to help one another out? Totally. Um, you know, so I think thinking about ways like that to stay connected to your people um, could really be a good way to kind of continue to conquer this. Mm. Let me ask you a question. So as you are, you are a, a wife and a mother. Mm -hmm. uh, and you are also sheltering in place. And, you know, obviously you've gone to school, you know how to deal with these things, you have all the right answers. But I know there are times when you, you know, you might want to kill your family as well. <laughs> how are you coping with that? Yeah! <laughs> Listen, and this is a safe space, I, okay? You don't have to worry about anybody. I, I ain't got the answer, Sway. I ain't got the answer. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is safe. You, you know want to listen. you want to though, right? Make the people feel right. better. You want to right. do it, don't you? But listen, I I have really had to just relax lots of my ideas about like what this time would look like right so mm -hmm. i thought that i would be able to kind of do a better job of managing like still working and like trying to educate the kids and all that stuff mm. yeah the, uh, none of that's happening um so they are yeah. you know doing spending a lot of time watching ipads they have become <laughs> expert pokemon <laughs> trainers um <laughs> we have got roblox really is popping <laughs> <laughs> they have gotten really creative with virtual babysitting. Mm -hmm. So their grandmothers mm. will call them on FaceTime when both me and my husband have to be on a call and just hope that they don't jump off anything that they're going to hurt themselves. <laughs> you know, so it, it really is just like, again, you know, just trying to get everybody on the other side of this safe and healthy. Like that, I think, should be where we kind of have our expectations right now. Um, you know, so, you know, again, as women, we sometimes put a lot of pressure on ourselves to kind of be the gold standard in a lot of areas and the truth of the matter is that a lot of that is going to have to be relaxed right now yeah. just so that we can kind of get through this thing totally mm -hmm. i mean i want it's one of the things i'm struggling with like relaxing my my own expectations um mm -hmm. and i was actually talking to my therapist about this this past week because you know she constantly reminds me which which is her tendency <laughs> to just remind me of the little <laughs> things that, well you know tequila raising her little flag all the time <laughs> Um, <laughs> she reminds me that you know I, I often set unreasonable expectations for myself and um, like you said you know I was running on fumes before all of this you know doing a thousand different things at one time and I place a lot of pressure on just one day you know what I'm saying I have a to-do list that's like this long every day and if I don't get all of those things done then I start that process of beating myself up so mm -hmm. now shifting my attention towards trying to uh, um, kind of manage or uh, have have more feasible expectations of myself yeah. um, mm -hmm. and just kind of, you know, like if, if I get one thing done today, then that's not, you know, a fail. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you mm -hmm. know, and it's, and it's hard be, being okay because I think 
the pressures that we feel, um, a lot of it has to do with social media. You know, people and these memes that I keep seeing with people saying, if you haven't, if what, what, are you, what are you going to show for this time, right? If you, <laughs> if you haven't built a business by the end of the quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I know where they're saying like, oh, Uber was created in the last exactly. recession. <laughs> Like, shut Whatever. the fuck up. Excuse me, Dr. Joy. <laughs> it's like, no. you expect me to build right now? I'm just literally trying to stay alive and try not to plug my eyebrows out one by one, like one hair at a time. <laughs> and That's y'all it. have, like, you yes. know, I'm supposed to manage, I'm supposed to manage the business I got and launch three new ones and keep my day job. Um, but right. like, what a, what would you say to people like me who spend a good two hours in their morning just trying to talk themselves off of a ledge? I'm like, girl, yes. it's gonna be all right. <laughs> yes. So I my first suggestion to you would be to try to see what it would be like to have that to-do list down to three items a day, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times what happens when we have these like 20 item to-do lists and we don't do them, like you said, then the the check boxes are not there at the end of the day and we get super critical of ourselves. But what would it be like to just start the day with three things, right? And then be able to check those three things off and have a sense of accomplishment as opposed to a sense of failure. So that would be my first suggestion to you is to cut down on that to-do list Um, and related to this whole idea of starting new businesses and you know (laughs) finishing your life's work during the quarantine again I think please take that pressure off yourself now but I do I do also think that uh, for a lot of people they are managing their anxiety and their stress related to this situation by throwing themselves into a project right and some of us are like that so you know if if that is where your nervous energy so to speak is going then by all means take advantage of it right but don't shame other people because the way that they're coping looks very different than the way that you might be coping absolutely i know there are days where um i have not gotten out of the bed and then there (laughs) are other days you know where i've tried to i've actually tried to use this time to my advantage just where um you know i've started uh, trying to do my patreon series and things Mm -hmm. like that and i find that it's a helpful period to while I'm sitting down to kind of help me to organize those things for the future. But I try not to put too much pressure. Like I'm like, well, girl, if you don't want to get out the bed today, you know, everybody will be all right. You know, the child can eat Mac and cheese and, and you know, we're going to live. Do you have those days? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I am on my therapist's virtual couch every Tuesday um, (laughs) saying the same kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like there have definitely Mm -hmm. been periods, especially when this first started, where I think Mm -hmm. I was like just in a real state of denial about like what all was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just felt like so huge to grasp and I just couldn't even like fathom it. Um, And so there were definitely a period of days where I just was like not getting out of the bed either. Like again, the kids can eat some blueberries and you know cups (laughs) and they will be okay right Mm -hmm. and so I think it's important you know because your body is obviously telling you something on those days right and so it's important to rest again because so many of us were running on fumes before for a lot of us I think that this is like a period of maybe being able to catch on catch up on some of that Mm -hmm. rest that we were not getting even before all of this happened um so on those days where you feel like you can't get up it's okay to allow yourself that and then on other days you will have some energy now what I have found to be helpful 
is that on the days where I am able to kind of get up and get dressed, even, you know, only at the top, right? Because I've been in leggings this whole month, <laughs> or six weeks time along I've been in the house. Literally. Um, <laughs> right. On those days, then I do actually feel better. Like, it feels like my energy is a little higher, mm-hmm. but I also allow myself those days where I feel like I do just need to rest. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference between rest and sleeping? Yes. I mean, because resting could just be right, like I'm in the in the bed binging little fires everywhere, right? right. Like that, Girl, I consider resting. That's my show. <laughs> oh my god, so good. Oh, so good, but so bad at the it. same time. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my friends. I'm like, you watching little fires everywhere, and they're like, no, girl, no, no. I'm not. It's a good watch. It's a good watch. Yes. But yeah, that could be restful just because you're not like necessarily doing anything that requires like your full attention, and you know you're not like super active. Whereas sleeping mm-hmm. is, you know, of course, your body has shut yeah. down, and you're trying to hopefully get some restorative sleep. I ask that because I find myself, you know, shaming or guilting myself for the days when I rest. Right. So I have my iPad here. I have my little coloring book app on my iPad. And there are some there are some days where I just sit in, you know, I've been watching. I've been using this time during the quarantine to like literally watch Grey's Anatomy again from the. So, you know, I just will throw on an episode of Grey's Anatomy and I'll sit with my coloring book and I'll say I'm going to do this for out oh, maybe an episode or two. And then the next thing you know, it's six in. Right. So, so like. So, you know, when I do that, you know, there, you know, my friends will say, girl, you just needed that. You had a a rough couple of days. Just let yourself have that. But I'm over here like I could have been doing this, 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 this. Or like, you know, I just feel like a waste when when I am, when I take those, when I take those moments. So I've been trying to think through what it's going to take for me to put rest in its proper place. Right. Saying that just because I'm sleeping doesn't mean I'm resting and that I have to rest as well as sleep. If that makes sense. Right, right. You okay. still deserve downtime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In addition to sleep, yes. Whew, child, told you all my business right here on the kitchen table. So a few minutes ago, you talked about, you know, getting on your therapist's virtual couch. And I know that, uh, you know, that's something that I'm absolutely blessed to be able to do. And I don't take that for granted. But I recognize fully that there are people who are losing their jobs or have lost their jobs and as such have lost access to health insurance or the you know discretionary income that they once had to take advantage of these of these services i wanted to ask you if you are aware of any resources that might be available for folks who are unemployed or furloughed at this time and who who might be looking for ways to just kind of get you know access to services that they may may need yeah yeah so um we have partnered with the loveland foundation which is rachel cargill's uh foundation and they provide vouchers for people to be able to go to therapy so i'm not um specifically black women and girls and so i'm not sure where they are in the process of issuing those vouchers if they have kind of given all of those out for this round mm-hmm. but that would be something to check into so again the name of that is the loveland foundation um mm-hmm. and taraji p henson also has a mental health foundation yep. um and she was raising money for people of color to be able to access therapy services particularly right now um so that would be an additional uh resource to check out um open path collective of course mm-hmm. they they have a sliding scale where you can pay between $30 and $50 to see a therapist. Um, if people check out our directory at therapyforblackgirls.com, there's an option to choose a sliding scale feature. Um, so people who, so the therapists who offer that as an option, they can um, check that out as well. And the crisis text line. So if you find yourself in a moment of crisis and feel like I really need to talk with someone right now, 
you can text the word HOME to 741-741 and you will get uh, connected to a trained listener who will talk with you um, through whatever you're feeling and help you to kind of go from a hot moment, they call it, to a cool moment um, and to help you kind of de-escalate that situation. So there are some resources, uh, but of course we always need more, right? Like there is there always and continues to be a shortage in terms of like the resources for this kind of thing. But those are the things that I'm aware of now. Awesome. Mm. Very Those are really good resources. I also saw Kia made some good notes, um, and I know she brought it up to you about uh, dealing with grief and loss mm. during this time. Um, mm-hmm. I know, like for instance, just specifically my aunt, and you know, we lost my uncle right at the top of all this, and they were married mm-hmm. for 30, 40 something years, wow. and uh, she can't have a she can't memorialize them right now. Right. So she's kind of grieving during this period because here's her partner of this many years and a major pandemic has hit the has hit the scene and you can't even memorialize. What would you what would you mm-hmm. say to somebody in a situation like that? Yeah, I mean, that is a completely normal reaction, right? Because all of this has upended all of our typical rituals that we use kind of for closure around mm-hmm. the loss of a loved one, right? So we can't gather her funerals, there's no repast, like all of that All of that stuff has now been kind of taken away from us. And so I yeah. think we are going to have to be creative in reimagining what grief looks like right now. Um, so you may not be able to physically gather, um, but is there a way that family can gather on a Zoom? call or on the on a phone chat um to kind of share memories about you know the loved one or can you get together and all kind of virtually cook one of his favorite dishes or something like that um you know thinking about ways that you can still gather to share memories and things i think could be really helpful um and you know hopefully at some point when it is okay for us to gather safely again then maybe you can have more of a formal memorial but i think for right now the important thing is really to just be connected right because that's the part of the ceremony that really does help um, is that you kind of get to see family that you haven't seen in a while or, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of get to share in all those stories from childhood and those kinds of things. And there's no reason why you can't still do that virtually, at least for now. I like that. I didn't even, we've been doing family Zoom like uh, games. We'll do uh Card Revoked and Jeopardy. Yeah. Um, But I think that's, that's really nice. That's not something that I've thought of memorializing somebody through this because i'm about i'm about sick of the zoom i'm not gonna lie (laughs) oh understandable understandable (laughs) understandable yeah and for anybody for anybody else who's feeling that way there is science behind that right so the cue and things that we get from in-person interactions are very effortless, right? Like we get energy a lot of times from being with one another. Mm. Um, but the energy that it takes to kind of make eye contact, so yes. to speak, Zoom call, um, you can't really kind of be mindlessly doing something else. And so it does take a different level of energy to connect with people virtually than it does in person. So for mm. people who are feeling what they're calling Zoom fatigue yes. at this point, yes. it is a very real thing. So, so do be mindful of that, right? Like it is important to kind of stay connected to your socials in your support systems, but the Zoom piece, the fatigue can be really real. So maybe you kind of take it offline and do more chatting mm-hmm. or, um, you know, just be mindful of how much energy you're expending with all the Zoom calls. It, it will it's okay if you have to say no to some of them. Yes. And it will, it will definitely be, it, it will exhaust you if you're not, if you're not careful. Absolutely. Yeah. It is totally hard to kind of manage all of that. So without question. So along those lines, not only are, are folks dealing with grief and loss 
uh, surrounding like a loved one. But like you said, um, Dr. Joy, you know, this thing is, is a lot of things are being canceled, thinking specifically like, you know, weddings and graduations. So that's something that's kind of near and dear to me. Um, I've, I've this week I've been participating in some virtual defenses for some of my friends who are finishing up their PhD. And I mean, it's been bittersweet in that, you know, we're excited that we can all be there to watch them do their presentation because if it was in person folks would have difficulty getting off work and traveling but the fact that a hundred people can come to your defense hearing now because there's a online thing that's a that's a gift right um, but at the same time you know you think about what that means being you know someone if I'm a, a home defending I'm by myself and after the zoom goes off you know how do I celebrate by myself um, and then, you know, I don't have a commencement to look forward to and I've worked so hard or, you know, even young for our younger listeners, proms and those kinds all of kinds things. of things. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's important to make sure that we are using the correct language for that. Right. Because mm-hmm. that is also grief. And yes, so I yes. think a lot of what's happening for some people is that they are feeling guilty for feeling bad about missing those things. Right. Because it's like, oh, people are dying. Mm-hmm. So do I have a right to these feelings? But of course, there is space for grief for all of those things, right? So we can be sad about the loss of a loved one and hold space for a sadness related to missing prom and missing graduation and those things as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's important for people to give voice to those things. So to talk with someone who you trust about how you feel about that um, and, you know, process your feelings. And again, be creative in the ways that you celebrate those things. So it may not look like what you thought it would look like, but it still deserves a celebration, right? So, Absolutely. you know, I'm sure y'all have seen like the clips on uh, social media with people doing the drive-by parade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they just did it to my sister. It was like 20 <laughs> yeah. cars deep. And she exactly. was bawling like a baby. But that's right. not they're so sweet. Exactly. It's incredibly meaningful, right? Because that means people have to get up, get dressed, uh-huh. put clothes on, you know, so, and kind of come and do this little parade for you, right? And so even those kinds of little touches, just letting people know that we see them, we're there rooting for them and, you know, celebrating in the safest way that we can right now mm-hmm. can go a really long way, um, as well as leaving little care packages. So if you leave, live Ooh. in the same city with people you can do like a drop off, right? And then call them and say, hey, go check outside your door. Um, You know, so I think little touches like that can be very sweet for people and very meaningful. Um, And then again, you know, when we are able to gather again uh, safely, then you can have the bigger celebration. But right now, I think it's just important to make sure that you're letting people who are celebrating things know that you are holding space for that, um, that it has not gone unnoticed, that we are, you know, we can celebrate this thing with you just as we are hoping to all stay safe as well those are some wonderful suggestions (laughs) wonderful i love it i love it i love it i love it so i want to wrap up with this one question it's kind of a big one thinking about all of these things how do we navigate a huge transition transitioning from working and at work to working at home or sheltering safely in place how do we transition to what seems like it's going to be a, a shift in how we interact and engage with people moving forward for a long time to come what are some things that we can do to kind of keep perspective around like this notion of change? When we think about what getting grown is all about broadly, like we're all navigating this transition into real life adulthood, figuring out what that means. What are some things that we might be able to keep in mind um, around this concept of change 
and our positioning to it? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think it's important for us to remember that a lot of us don't do well with change, you know, generally, right? Like transitions, even when they are happy ones and ones that we are looking forward to are still very difficult on people, right? Because it is, yeah, it's stressful, right? Like if you think about like some of the top 10 stressors, a couple of them are getting married, getting a new job and like moving to a new home. So Mm -hmm. these are things that we typically are excited about, right? But it's still, there's a lot involved in it. And so when we think about the way that we have managed transitions before, even if they may have been difficult, we got through it. And so thinking about the kinds of things that you've been able to lean on in the past when you've had difficult situations and thinking about how you can bring some of that to this situation to navigate. So who have been the people that have kind of been in the corner for you? Can you call on them now? Um, Making sure that we are more proactive in asking for help, um, especially as Black women, because we know sometimes that is difficult for us, Mm -hmm. right? And so this is not the time to be the strong friend for everybody else. You have to actually ask other people for the things that you need and ask them to show up for you right now as well. Um, I think also making sure that we are connecting to resources. So if you have a therapist, staying engaged, even though it's virtually. Um, and I know lots of people have struggled with that, right? Because it doesn't feel the same to talk mm-hmm. with your therapist online as it does, you know, in their nice plush office. Um, but you do still have that connection. You do still have that support. So I think leaning on those things can be really helpful and thinking about eventually this will pass, right? Mm -hmm. And so I I want people to not get too focused on what life will look like 18 months from now, because you can get caught up when you start doing too much of that future thinking. But just Mm -hmm. thinking about hour by hour, like, what do I need to do right now? How do I take care of myself right now? And then moving on to the next hour, um, you know, and kind of staying focused in the present moment can really help to bring some of that anxiety down. Hmm. I have, if I may, I have one final question. Yes. That was amazing, by the way. That was a really good question, too, sis. You're from New Orleans, Dr. Joy. <laughs> from Louisiana, not New Orleans. Oh, you're not from New Orleans. Where are you from, Louisiana? Paincourtville, Louisiana. Country, country. In between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm about oh, you an off hour the causeway. <laughs> you off the causeway. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, okay so, I ha- so here's my question. Yes. Do you prefer beignets or pralines for your dessert? (laughs) (laughs) I am all the way in the beignet camp. Yes. Yes. I just had to ask that very pointed and important question. I was waiting for you to ask me so I could say the answer is yes. (laughs) To both. Yes, to both. I prefer prefer both. Yes, that is fair. That is also fair. Yes, same same. Same same. You really can't go wrong with that question. Exactly. Well, Dr. Joy, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking a few minutes to sit with us at the kitchen table and just talk through some of the thoughts that we've been having and feelings we've been feeling about um, COVID nineteen and everything, all the implications that surround it. Um, What you do in this world is so super valuable. So we. Uh, don't take for granted the fact that you, you know, would spend some of your very precious time with us and our listeners. So from from our hearts, we really appreciate you for coming to kick it with us. And you're always welcome at the kitchen table. I appreciate it. Y'all got to make me some beignets next time. Absolutely. Got you. I'm making some beignets and a little cafe au lait. (laughs) Okay. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Joy. You're welcome. Thanks thank for you, having thank me. You. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Honestly? Truly. All right. So we have an honesty box to get to, and our listener did ask for a pseudonym. Sis, would you like to give her one? Okay. Um, Daphne. Daphne <laughs> with a PH. So she says, hello, Chef Jade and Dr. Kia. Hey, love everything about you ladies and so happy to have your podcast as something great to look forward to every week us too i'm a 28 year old lawyer and my husband is a doctor we have a pretty stable relationship and have been together a total of six years married for two recently i found out i was pregnant my immediate reaction was nervousness and anxiety because i've always been hesitant when starting a family but overall i was excited my husband was pretty excited since he's always wanted children My mom and I are pretty close, and of course I told her a week later. My husband and I decided to go to my parents' house and tell them in person. I did a cute little surprise gift, and my mom's reaction was completely fake. Fake smile, fake laugh, and questions about everything was fake. A few days later, she called me and suggested I have an abortion. She couldn't explain to me why, and she said she just doesn't think I should be a mother yet. I told her she was crazy and said I I was having the baby. This, of course, made me very upset, and I didn't speak with her for a while. Fast forward three months, she's saying she's excited and now taking an interest. I can't help but feel that she's not genuine. As I said, my mom and I are really close, but now I feel like she was out of line, and I don't want to be around her. Not sure how to move on or past it, so any advice would be helpful. Very helpful. Thank you, love, Daphne Huxtable. Daphne, 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 Daphne. This is very sad. It is. It is. Um, I am very sorry mm-hmm. that this that you've had this experience. Um, and I don't know. Okay, before before I, let me just start by saying this. My mom tells me all the time that um her temperament during her pregnancies made a difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um and her like the temperament that I had and the temperament that my brother had mm-hmm. as as newborns mm-hmm. um and she says I was her happy baby you know I was the one who you know laughing mm-hmm. and giggling and bubbling brown sugar mm-hmm. and uh you know she talked about how my brother was the one who was very angsty just it was you know had he had some physical illness uh when he was first born mm-hmm. um but really just kind of clingy and needy and easily agitated and had some real attachment kind of stuff that we had to work through as a family because he really didn't like people um and she attributes that to the fact that when she was pregnant with him there was you know some things that she was going through with my father and mm-hmm. she felt that the stress and anxiety that she felt about her, the relationship that she was in and that coming to an end, um, you know, during her pregnancy, she felt like Brian felt all of that stress. Mm-hmm. And when he came out as a young baby, he was very stressed. Mm-hmm. So she has kind of made it her mission. And I've seen her do it with my friends and people we come into contact with. When she finds out that you're pregnant, the very first thing that she encourages you to do is to take care of yourself emotionally absolutely um and handle all of the things in your life or learn how to compartmentalize or try to manage the areas in your life that bring you um that that mess with your peace because she said just like you know the baby eats everything that you eat the baby feels everything that you feel yep 
Um, and so I felt very, I really felt a heaviness in my heart as Jay was reading your email, because that's the first thing that came to my mind, because this is what my mom says over and over and over again. Um, and I've not experienced a pregnancy at all, but I, I think that, you know, it makes sense in, in knowing, you know, and watching my brother kind of live through that time of just high stress as a young baby, like a little itty bitty baby, like, mm -hmm. what are you stressed out about? But he was just, just angsty and agitated all the time. And it took a while for him to grow out of that. So I would, I would encourage you to prioritize yourself and whatever, however that manifests in your life. If you feel like a, a conversation with your mom or however, if you feel like, you know, whatever you need to do, whether it be addressing this with your mom and seeing if you guys can find some resolution or creating some space and distance um, until you have the baby so that you guys can work through this, you know, after the baby comes. Yep. I don't know which would, would be best, you know, fit for your life at this time, but I will say that um, no child deserves to grow up in a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that the joy that you and your husband felt genuinely at the news of your being pregnant is really what your baby should be cooking in. Absolutely. Right. And, and not, um, <clears throat> and not whatever your mother's situation is. Now I, I, I did feel like, you know, I would be curious and I would have to ask my mom if it were me, I would have to be like, what's this about? Do you mm -hmm. know something? Is there something that what would lead you to say something like this? And if it and if she maintained that she didn't want to get into it, then that would have to that would mean a lot for how I would choose to move forward with her, at yeah. least during my pregnancy, because it's not just about me right now. It's about my child. Absolutely. Um, so I would just caution you to just kind of be mindful and now is your time to really kind of stretch those muscles and be a parent and to protect your child from anything that's not going to keep him or her safe um and i'm really sorry yeah i'm really sorry this is this is something that made me made me sad because i mean i don't know if i'm going to be a mom but i would hope that you know if i do become a mom that everyone that i love would would be excited uh, and, and no and, one, and, and no and one I know would, you can't would. control people's reactions. True, true. Um, but like yes, like Kia said, you know, you would hope that the people in your life will be happy for you, but you can't control how people react. You just can control how you feel. Okay. And um, maybe a useful conversation. There's nothing wrong with having a conversation with somebody. And I think a lot of times, even as Black people, we have a hard time especially with that vulnerable side and saying, you hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having a conversation with your mother and letting her know uh, the magnitude in which she hurts your feelings. And yeah. maybe she doesn't. Another thing that we deal with, especially as black women, is um, dealing with mothers who don't understand boundaries. I know that's something that you know, is a little bit more new age and we're learning a lot more about boundaries and things like that. But our former generations uh, weren't raised like that. And so a lot of times they'll say things out of turn. I know my mother has said some things out of turn to me. You know what I'm saying? And and, and um, there's nothing wrong with expressing that vulnerability and letting her know that she hurt your feelings. Right now, while we're living in an age of quarantine, um, Dr. Joy provided a lot of different resources for uh, managing stress and how you can reach out within uh, the black, you know, uh, black girls are there, uh, black girls 
black therapy girl therapy for black therapy girls. For black girls. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So sorry. Uh, but she mentioned so many different resources and, you know, you're able to sort and do things. Maybe a little family session with a mediator mm-hmm. might help to express, help you express to your mother how much she hurt your feelings and how hard it is for you to move forward. But like he said, you have to take care of yourself. And so whatever you need to do now to so that you're not feeling that, because I know something to that magnitude can also sit with you. You know, when people yeah. hurt your feelings, that could sit with you and how you deal with them moving forward. And when you love somebody and somebody loves you, even if they've done something to hurt your feelings, you have every right to express that and they need to hear it. And so maybe a therapist would be a good tool for you right now to kind of help you to articulate where you're coming from and help your mother really understand um, how she hurt you so that you all can move forward. Because I will tell you this as well, having my mom there, and I understand that that is a privilege. Everybody doesn't have a mother. Everybody doesn't have a mother figure in their life. But I will say having a mother there while you're pregnant um, as much as it is a privilege, it is a blessing. If your mom is, you know, equipped to help you in that way. I understand mm-hmm. that some mothers, mm-hmm. some mothers are also stressors. I recognize that. But um, my mom was such a such a huge help to me when I first got pregnant. She came up and stayed with me for three weeks and did all went to Costco and made food and put it in the freezer and did all these things. So it would be lovely for you to, especially if you said you guys are pretty close, it would be lovely for you to experience this something so joyous and so huge in your life it would be lovely for you to experience this with the support of your family so if you can get over this now by utilizing some of those tools I would absolutely do so but again Kia and I are so sorry to hear that yeah we celebrate you and we congratulate you for you know for for another addition to the family and um congratulations to you and your husband uh, but yes, we hope some of those resources, you know, we hope some of those resources help and you're able to figure it out. I hope that was that was helpful. He must post it. Please, please. Absolutely. We'll be here to support you throughout your pregnancy. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And continue. come on, Daphne. Come on, Daphne, Daphne Huxtable. With a, a, <laughs> you're a doctor and your husband is an attorney. You're an attorney and he's a doctor. Or, exactly. Whichever way. But <laughs> keep us posted, my love, please. And know that Kia and I are here to celebrate you. Um, and sure. we're always here with ears and emails. Continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. And let's move on to our black woman self-care. I deserve all right it's time for black women self-care because who deserves we all do black people self-care let's be inclusive so we actually we told you all to please write in all of the things you're doing to take care of yourselves and take care of yourselves during this quarantine so we're going to do a listener email this week we got a listener email she says hello ladies i hope you and all of your loved ones are doing as well as they can during these times I want to share that my self-care has definitely come a long way since this whole quarantine started. I I began a stressed out college student wondering how she was going to complete her animation assignments and so on from home without the facilities inside of my school. Come on, animation. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. When staying up even later hours was taking its toll on my mental, I decided to do more yoga. After doing it more than I already was, from once every other week to every day, I began to realize that I love mornings and haven't gotten up early to enjoy them since I was a kid. 
I decided with it being my birthday soon, April 24th, oh, the same day as our, our dear brother XD. I love it. Um, that I deserve to correct my sleep schedule to my comfort and benefit. Now I do yoga every morning and meditate. Actually, one of my aunties got me an essential oil diffuser with my favorite flower scent, Rose. I love Rose. Even though I missed one of my virtual classes, it was worth it and not the end of the world, especially to correct something much needed for my mental health. I feel amazing giving myself that time in the morning and I've been able to pace myself way better. While moving forward with my projects and personal pieces, I even managed to fin finish illustrating a children's book my loved ones had been pushing me to publish forever. It is called Little Moments, and it's a story my dad fell in love with the moment I shared the idea with him and my great aunt, Mama, and won a scholarship for it in high school. Here's the cover. So she attached the cover, mm. and it's super cute. Um, <clears throat> and uh, proof that you can get, get great things done when you take even greater care of yourself. Keep it up, ladies, and remember that naps are not a sin, and self-love <laughs> takes time and dedication to the most important person in our lives, ourselves sincerely morgan and she also asked us to please tell asante that an animation fan slash animator says happy birthday us Yay. aprils are the best he's actually isn't he march <laughs> he's march, march. <laughs> but that's all right close enough march 15 so um, still relay the message. we still relay the message to our dear brother asante and xd but shout out to you for taking the time to do what you need to do to take care of yourself such a beautiful sentiment um Continue also to send yourself love, whatever you're doing to take care of yourselves, especially now. But in general, please let us know over here. Getting grown. Y'all know the email. We don't need to say it again. It's in the description box. Please do it. Do have you what you been doing anything this week, sis? Um, I did take a it's a very it's, it's not a big deal, but I had the opportunity to take a makeup class on Saturday. I heard. Um, and it was so much fun. Um, because you guys know that I like to play in the makeup um and dabble in the artistry. Um, but yeah, uh, local makeup artist here in the DMV area who's really world renowned now and uh, just awesome and a beautiful spirit. Her name is uh, Legally Beat. Yes. Um, she did a beginner's makeup class and a master's class on Saturday and it was a huge success. Um, and it was really just like really therapeutic for me to just kind of pull out my pull out my toys and play for a couple of hours. Yes. Um, and our sister Nikki was also in the class and I had my friend, uh, my twin Amber on FaceTime and we just kind of like took the class together and followed her along and did our respective makeup looks. So it was really just like cool. And we didn't have anywhere to go, but we, you know, did our makeup and took our pictures and washed our faces and went to bed and it was, it was a good time. Yes. Um, so I've already, I've already talked to um, another one of my friends who took the beginner's class and we're planning a day for us to practice our makeup. So shout out to Legally Beat um, and uh, just for being a dope uh, makeup artist. She worked with Sarah Jakes Roberts on her oh, nice. last uh, tour. And, you know, from there, had, exactly, right? So from there, it's just kind of like, you know, continues to grow as an as an awesome as an awesome makeup artist. So we're, we're super excited. I was super excited to take her class and... Um, I mean, yeah, that was my black woman self-care. It was dope. And if y'all did not see, Kia posted a picture of her beat online. She's out here looking like a Kelly Rowland video. Coffee, <laughs> coffee. <laughs> looking mad toffee and glowy. And it was it was beautiful. Our sis Nikki told us, told me that you uh that you two took the class and that it was a really good time. So very dope. Shout out to you, legally beat. Shout out to you. Maybe one day I'll take a class and figure out what the <laughs> hell I'm doing over here. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's move on to these petty peeves, though. Let's do it. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. I feel very passionately about my petty peeve this week. <laughs> very passionately. If you are not aware of the Darwin... Um, uh, uh, whatever you want to call the thing on natural selection Jeez. belief go read up on it because I want you all to let natural selection do its thing and when I say that let them drink bleach <laughs> let them drink bleach Lysol let them inject it in their veins let them do whatever Whatever is needed to be done, <laughs> I'm not suggesting that we personally do anything. But if these people, I don't need to see no more posts about how stupid, we all know how stupid it is to consume oh bleach. Lord. So oh if you Lord. have idiots who are out here idiot enough to listen to a giant orange idiot, tell them to either uh, allow doctors to shine UV rays and lights and things into their bloodstreams or tell them to drink a little bleach, then let them do it. Get them out of here so we can get one step closer to freaking freedom because I'm so sick of this motherfucker. Excuse me. I am tired of watching his dumbass press conferences. I'm tired of hearing his dumbass statements. And if you're dumb enough to drink fish, fish tank chemicals or bleach or fabuloso, if you are a Latino for Trump, then <laughs> by all means, my nigga, if you are a black for Trump, let them niggas sprinkle comment on their food. I do not care. Get them out of here. And you might have a problem with it. You know, I have my beautiful, wonderful mother-in-law who is a good Christian woman, unlike myself. And she says things like, well, you know, I don't want to wish death on anybody. And I'm like, well, girl, I'll do it for all of us. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. So I say if people are dumb enough to listen to this person, tell them to drink bleach, let them do it. Let them do it. Don't don't try to stray them another direction. Um, oh, and clearly people are listening because the poison <laughs> control lines were up. Do you hear me? Yeah. They were the numbers are up because people are actually listening to this listening to this thing. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say in response to such <laughs> stupidity. My Lord. So, you know, he tries to come back and say he was joking and whatever else. You don't joke with reporters, my nigga, because you don't like them. You don't like them. You don't like them because they call you out for your asinine, ridiculous ass bullshit. So I say if somebody is dumb enough to ingest some cleaning chemicals, well, then have a party. All of you all pour them into solo cups and hurrah, 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 hurrah. That is it. That's my petty piece. <laughs> well, amen. Um... Mine is uh, kind of simple. Um, I was in the Target the other day, and I was a while. I was doing my shopping before I realized that I was being followed by what? a young man. Um, and listen, this is not your everyday casual quick trip to Target. I was in there dressed like I was going into armed battle, like <laughs> I had on. You know what I'm saying? I was armed against the the, the virus and anything else that was out there trying to harm me. Um, so with that being said, there was not a lot to look at. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I'm covered head to toe. I had on leggings and a sweatshirt and some sneakers. I had on uh, like a hoodie, a bigger hoodie. And I had on um, 
I had on a a, a mask and I had <laughs> on um several I mean gloves. I had a full I was in full regalia. Absolutely. Um, and um child this man came up to me. He worked there at the Target and then I realized that he, he was following me so I was trying to shake him but he caught me at the self checkout. Um, and cause I had bought some bins and he was like, did you remember to, to scan your bins? And I'm like, I'm not a thief. I did. I did purchase the bins. And I mean, as I was talking to him through my mask, he was like, you're very beautiful. And I just was like, how do you know? Do you understand? Like, like do you know you what can this see nothing but like? my eyebrows? Right. Like you literally can't see nothing but my eyebrows. I'm not, this is not a bodycon hoodie. I'm saying, <laughs> how do you know? How do you know that under this mask, I have all my teeth? How do you know? Mm-hmm. How do you know? And I just feel like even if even if you can tell that I look the way that I look through all of this, I I hear you and I appreciate you, but now it's not the time. This ain't the time. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to social distance and keep away from people and you are following me with no business. Like you have no if that that's I mean it will he that's all he said. I just he said you're very beautiful and I said thank you. But that was I'm not gonna be your quarantine. But I'm just trying to figure out even like you know, I don't know. I just I just don't know that now is the time to be shooting your shot. And if it is a time to shoot your shot, there's a way you go about it. Yep. Um and when you you running up on me when we supposed to be maintaining the minimum of six feet is not the way. No it's not which means you running up on somebody else, which means your spittles exactly are just here and there and all over the place. And let me tell you something, that's my business, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> That's my business. <laughs> so, please. Please get away from me like please so like that. <laughs> now is not the time. <laughs> Now is not the time, sir. We are armed for combat, okay? We are out here fighting for our lives. We are protecting our immune systems at all costs. People are breathing upon us. It is a dangerous time. That's it. So now it's not the time for you to compliment me on my on my retinas because that's all you can see. You can't see nothing else. Nope. Nope. These bushy eyebrows, <laughs> that's all you can see, sis, because nothing is done. You, what was the, which movie was that where she turned around and she smiled and they were like, whoa, what's, what was that? Coming to America? What movie was that? This is, I, I think, Coming to America. Coming to America. Was, what happens if I look saying, like that under the mask? I thank God that, you know, I look the way that I look, you know, I understand it could, it could be another way. I'm not saying that I'm Halle Berry out here, but I'm saying, you know, okay. But even still, I'm telling you that I had, like, the, he literally could see nothing but my eyebrows. Like, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how he know, how he know I'm beautiful. How? I would talk behind my mask and be like, I got a mouth full of rotten teeth. <laughs> I just feel like, sir, what? <laughs> Get out of my what face. What are you giving? What are you giving right now? What are you giving? <laughs> I am so sorry. When you said you were being followed, I was scared. I was like, well, what is I going on? I didn't know on? what was happening, but I realized, I was like, this one Target employee can't work all of these sections. Like, because you know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, he was like, an employee. He was an employee. Oh, so no. I, I was first like in the pharmacy, then I went over to Health and Beauty and I kind of worked my way over to you know, I had to pick up some things and you know I had stationary I'm all over the store I went back and bought a new lightning cord for my phone I'm all over the target and I'm like you sir cannot possibly be working all of these sections at one time No. so not. what do you want what do you need red shirt are you loss prevention because I'm not stealing 
That's what I said. And I mean, it's not like I had these been. I mean, this was before he didn't say nothing to me until I checked out. You watched me check out. Mm -hmm. And then he caught he was at the door. Like, can I see your receipt? And I just he was like, did you remember to scan your bins? He didn't even look at the receipt. I'm like, it's right here on the receipt. He was too busy trying to look past my eyebrows to tell me that I was beautiful. (laughs) And I was just like, sir, what what do you want? My fingernails are decaying under these gloves (laughs) and my teeth are decaying under this mask. Please move. (laughs) I'm just like, please. Mm-mm. Now it's not the time. Now it's not the time. I'm so sorry you're dealing with that. That is a, that is not what we need right now during this time, sis. That's not what we need. Well, that's another episode of Getting Grown. It is. Thank you to Dr. Joy for coming and sitting with yes. us at the kitchen table yet again. Always a joy Always to sit with joy. Dr. Joy. It is. Um, But yeah, y'all continue to uh, thank y'all so much for supporting us even through the quarantine. We understand that, you know, for a lot of people, podcasting is not the forefront of your mind and we get it, right? Because yeah. a lot of times, you know, we're used to listening to our shows as we commute back and forth, but we're home. Mm-hmm. So I, we understand that there's some people who, are, who don't listen to the shows in the way that they used to. And that's fine. We totally respect that. But we still want to continue to bring content for those of you who do listen and for those of you who do listen or and and for those of you who will listen later just know that we really appreciate you for kicking it with jade and i around the kitchen table and for uh, another week um um and we just have so much fun talking to you guys and sharing with you guys and kind of figuring this thing out together we do tell them what to do in the meantime in the meantime and in between time a black's uh, you make sure that you're drinking your water. It's very important that you remain hydrated as we shelter in place. You also must be cognizant only about the things that concern you. You want to know why? Because that's your business. Because that's your business. <laughs> and, um, and then you also want to moisturize your skin. Why, sis? Because your black will crack like so like that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> We're gonna have to like name this episode because that's my business. Because that's my business. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. 